All right, guys, how y'all doing this morning? It's that time, time for worship. Sunday morning, 1030 worship service. All right, all right. Why do we start? We're going to start with First Lady, Lady Foy, coming. And she's going to open us up with a scripture reading, and she's going to do our morning devotion. Amen. I want you guys to receive it as she come in our own way. Amen. Come on, First Lady. All right. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And we bring greetings, peace, love, and joy your way. And we pray that the word and the prayer and the devotion come forward, that it be a blessing unto you and that it will help you to be grounded and to make the possible best decisions in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And today my scripture reading will be coming from 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verses 12. And it goes as follows. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Here, Paul, he had two spiritual sons, Tychicus and Timothy. But here he was specifically writing to Timothy to keep the faith. And to uh, and stay grounded in his faith, no matter in spite of the opposition that he faced, because we all know that Timothy faced grave opposition and uh, from leaderships and from the churches that he was building, you know, in Ephesus and Rome and different places. Uh, Paul had him ministering and building the churches and he just wanted him to be courageous in the things of God. Yes. And the things that God, God had imparted into Timothy, even from a child, because Timothy, mother and his grandmother, Eunice, and um, I can't think of the other name, yes. Lois. Thank you, honey. Eunice and Lois, um, they imparted spiritual gifts and spiritual things and the word of God in Timothy when he was a child before he even came into encounter with Paul. And so when Paul came, Paul just built upon that that foundation that was already laid in Timothy. And he just wanted him to be courageous in the Lord in spite of, as I said before, the oppositions that he faced with building a church. Amen. And so that I encourage you today, so what, no matter what you're going through and no matter what oppositions or trials or tribulations or vicissitudes life throw your way, continue to keep your faith, trust yes. in God. Don't lean to your own understanding. Open your word of God. Start professing the word. Start walking on faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And if you want to manifest some things and have some evidence of some things that's not seen, you have to profess it out of your mouth because that's how God himself created the world. And we frame our world with our words. And so when we want godly things, we have to profess the word of God, which is our strong foundation, sure, fast, and, and our hope. So we have to profess these things and we have to do it from a place of courage and being courageous in spite of what we think or what others may think. You know, um, we have to do it. Uh, it's a tough conversation in most cases now in these days for Christians, you know, but we have to profess the word of God in spite of every opposition. We have to walk by faith and not by sight just because the troubles, the waters may be troubled. 
don't mean that God is not working because he carries yeah. us and he's with us in the times of trouble. Psalms 91 say he would be with us in trouble. He would answer us. He would call up. When we call upon him, he would be with us. He would deliver us. He would honor us. And with long life, will he satisfy us and show us his salvation? Amen. So bow your heads with me while I go into prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus, God. Just thanking you, Father God, for choosing us to be a family in your family of faith, Lord God. You say many are called, but few are chosen, Father. So, Lord God, please forgive us, Father, for anything we may have done, said, or did that was displeasing, dishonorable, distasteful in your sight, God. Please, Father God, wash us, purify us from all iniquity, Lord God. Come into our hearts, God. Come into our minds and come into our lives, Father God. Change us, Father God, and make us more like you, Father. Amen. Give us a heart of flesh, Father God. Break up the stone and the follow ground in our hearts, Lord God. And hide your word there within, Father, so that we can use it and stand upon it and build our faith upon it, Father. In our times of trouble, Lord God, even the times that, that are good and we're blessed, Father God, let us be constant and continue, Father God, in your faith, in your word, in your will, in your ways, in your wonders, in your precepts for our lives, Father. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Father God, now... We pray for the man of God, Lord God. We ask that you continue to anoint him, Lord God. Touch him right now, Father God, season his speech, Lord, in the name of Jesus, oh God. You promised, Lord God, to bless the man, God, that carry your word. You said, blessed are the ones who carry good tidings, Lord God, and bring your gospel of peace, Father God. So, Lord God, we ask that you continue to wash his feet because you say beautiful are the feet of the man. So, Lord God, we ask that you continue to wash his feet, Lord God. Wash him, Father God. Purify him, Lord God. Purge him and continue to prune him, God, so that he can be rightly fit for your kingdom, Lord God, and to walk us into your word, Lord God, and to continue to teach us, Father, all of your wonders, Father and everything that you have in store for us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, stir up his gifts in his bosom, Lord. In the name of Jesus, clothe them, Lord God, with your anointing, Father. In the name of Jesus, God. And we thank you, Father God. We praise you, Lord God. And we want to be forever <coughs> careful to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise, Lord God. Lord God, we pray for the sick and shut in, Lord God. We pray for those who are without, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you go into their homes, Lord God. Show up and show out. Manifest yourself like never before, Lord God. Lord God, and we ask God that you continue to draw your people into your church, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, into your word, into your will, Father. In the name of Jesus, oh God. And we thank you, Father God, for those who are listening. We pray for everyone. That will come across these messages, Lord God. We pray for your healing, your deliverance, Lord God. We pray that bonds and bondages be broken, Lord God. Shackles be loose, Father. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Freedom and liberty, Lord God, in you. God can reign, can rest, can rule and abide, Lord God. Within the lives of your believers, Father. In your Lord and Son, Jesus' name, we pray this prayer. And let the church say, Amen, amen, and amen. And I'm going to turn you back over to the hands of our pastor. Amen, amen guys. All right, all right, all right. All right, I'm going to kind of read 
uh, the scripture that we're going to go over today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we need you to be at 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. 2 Timothy, chapter number four. We're going to begin reading at verse number three, and we're going to read through verse number eight. Our focal scripture is five through eight, but just for the sake of standing, of understanding, we're going to start at three so we get the full picture of what the Apostle Paul is talking about in this particular passage. All right. Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse number three. Here we go, guys. For the time, and I'm reading from the King James Version, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I have now, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought. A good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, the Apostle Paul said, There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Amen. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Which is really already blessed. Allow me to share with you from the topic, if you don't mind, fighting a good fight. Fighting a good fight. Uh, I've been physically in a few fights in my life, and one of the things I've always tried to do is win. <laughs> And, and when it comes down to the fate, man, don't you want to win? Don't you want that trophy? Don't you want him to say, well done? Don't you want to hear God, your father, say that? I want to win. So we've been called to fight a good fight of faith, uh, a good fight, rather. And what, how we are to do it, all the scripture is very clear, by keeping the faith by keeping the faith. So we want to fight a good fight in order to keep the faith that we have placed in God and our, His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now let's dissect this and see what God would help us get out this particular scripture today. All right, begin reading at verse number three. Three and four goes together. So here it goes. For the time will come when they will not endure doctrine, sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away 
their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. There are basically three things going on in these two scriptures. The apostle Paul writes, and first he talks about they will not endure sound doctrine. The people is not going to get to the place where they won't endure sound doctrine. Timothy needed to keep focus on the word of God because man, by his nature or natural instinct, does not want God's revelation. He would rather hear what he wants to hear, something to scratch his uh, itching ears so that it could be satisfied. The second part is found in verse three also where it says, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And, and, and here it's talking about, this reminds us that the most popular teacher are not necessarily the most faithful teachers. We should not assume a teacher is scratching itchy ears or just because he is popular, but neither should we all, all assume that he is faithful to God's word just because he is popular. Popularity don't mean somebody is connected to God. And so this is what the Apostle Paul is saying, but in the last days, not only they gonna endure, won't endure sound doctrine, but because they won't endure sound doctrine, they will themselves build, heap up for themselves teachers that will lie to them so they can believe them and put their faith in them and destine themselves for hell. But God is telling us that's not what he wants of us true believers. And then in verse number four, it gives us the last thing where it says that uh, and shall be turned, they shall be turned to favors. They shall be turned to favors. Once people leave the word of God, they often then embrace fantastic fantasies. When a man rejects God's truth, it is not that he believes in nothing, he will believe in anything. It's not saying I don't have nothing I believe in, but what happens is he will say, I believe in anything, all things are possible, all things are possible when it's God controlled. All things are not possible for man, only the things that God has promised. Amen. I just wanted to read that in context. I just need you guys to hear that in the last days, they will not endure sound teaching. Doctrine means teaching. They will heap up teachers for themselves, people that would lie to them, and they would have a uh, 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 turn to, instead of believing in the truth, they are rather turned to fables. Fables are just uh, not true. There are uh, stories that has no base. Fables, they are lies, basically. They are just made up by mankind to sound good, 
but don't necessarily mean it is good. All right, here we go, our focus verses, beginning at verse number five. The scripture says, instead of what came from the verse before, it says, but watch. Thou in all things endure afflictions, because they're going to come. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thou ministry. The apostle Paul is encouraging Timothy how he needs to uh, respond in times such as these. And whatever it was back then, you got to know it's getting worse now. And so uh, you should be able to see it. Uh, the world, people don't care about God as much as they used to. Uh, they definitely don't care about spirituality as much as they used to. But the truth of the matter, uh, believers, we are to do what the scripture is telling us now if we are to be true believers. Verse 5 says, but watch. The word watch means to observe, pay attention to. Monitor, examine, investigate, or analyze. Analyze. Uh, uh, yeah, but watched out in all things. It's everything. God is telling us in all things we need to be vigilant. We need to be alert. And then he goes on to say, endure afflictions. The word endure means to stand. It means to survive experience to continue to maintain or outlast all right so we've been called to endure to the end uh the race is not given to the strong nor the feds but he that endures to the end we have to stay faithful to god and one of the ways we stay faithful is by watching all right Endure afflictions, he's talking about affliction resolve, uh, relates to or uh, refers to problems, sufferings, troubles, sorrows, or worries. Now, we shouldn't worry, but everybody knows there are times where all of us will worry about some things. And we should not, but we are created like that because we are not always all trusting. And when trouble comes in our lives, a lot of times we forget that trouble, even trouble, don't last always, all right? So you see, endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Uh, an evangelist is one that does uh, revivals or uh, missionary. They, they, they are preachers, and some are even pastors. Uh, do the work of the evangelist. These are individuals that have a special calling on their lives to, to be able to really save souls, to reach out to people, to convince people the need of Christ in their lives. That's what evangelists do. They go around sharing Jesus Christ all the time. Preachers such as myself, we do a lot of work uh, evangelizing, but the most primary thing we do is I preach the Word of God and teach the Word of God. You know, not necessarily every message is going to be about salvation. 
for me, it's going to be about education, educating yourself in the Word of God so that you know how to live out your life towards God. I want to see you maturing. I want to see you growing from infancy to uh, adolescence and from adolescence to young adulthood, from young adulthood to adulthood, from adulthood to senior adults. So that not only you grow old in age, but you grow older in wisdom and knowledge. And you've learned how to uh, 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 control and maintain yourself as it relates to how you look and stand before God. The scripture goes on to talk about make full proof of thy ministry. The word make means to produce, generate, create, uh, manufacture. It means to construct or build. Uh, you know, make what? Foolproof. What is full? Full means to complete, maximize, uh, comprehensive, uh, thorough, or uh, all-inclusive. Uh, make foolproof of proof. It, the definition is to uh, substantiate, confirm, verify, authenticate, or even evaluate validate. We need to make full proof of who we are in the Lord and uh, what we do for his kingdom purposes. And it's called ministry. Make full proof of thy ministry. Whatever that ministry is, ministry is an act of service, mission, purpose, operation, process, and strategy. You want to strategize how are you going to minister to your community? How are you going to minister to people around you? How are you going to minister to even your family? You know, oftentimes, family is the hardest one to win. If you don't believe me, ask Jesus. Uh, many of his family, his own brothers, they thought he was a lunatic. But when he died, after he died, then they finally caught on. You should not have to wait till people die to be able to give them or the fruit of their labor, or their roses to say, or thanksgiving for being so faithful. Commentary on this verse is, as, the, as for Timothy, he must be aware of what is happening. That's what the Apostle Paul is writing him. He needs to be in control of himself first, and then at all times. As he lives for the truth, he may well have to suffer or go through as well for that same truth. See, it doesn't mean because we are Christian that and we are doing the right thing before God, it doesn't always mean people are going to care, they're going to love it, or they're going to receive it. It doesn't always. It goes on to say there are some who the Lord gives a special task. And that task is to preach the gospel. This what was given to Timothy, what was given to me. I'm here because I have the task that was given to me by God to proclaim the gospel, the good news of the word of God. But all Christians should spread the good news of Christ. But especially though, that have that special call upon their lives. Paul tells Timothy that he should do the work of one who preaches 
the good news, the gospel, the about Jesus Christ and how he hung, bled, and died, but also how he saves unto the uttermost. All right, verse number six, listen to what it says. For I am now, Paul is saying, for I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. The way he says that is almost sound like he has some levels of joy about this, that he's ready to go home. And we know that because Paul is always in, but in Philippians, he say he want to go home, that's better, but it's better for you that I stay here for now to be able to help and give y'all what y'all need. So I thank the Apostle Paul for lingering around and writing 13 books in the New Testament, giving us all of this stuff that we can grow from. In this particular verse, he said, he is ready to be offered. He literally is saying, I'm prepared, downright eager, willing, inclined, and downright motivated. <laughs> Paul said, now who wants to go uh, home? Who wants to die like that? What Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So Paul is saying, I'm ready. <laughs> to go there. I'm motivated. I'm eager. I'm willing. I'm inclined. I'm prepared. Paul is saying. And then he said, and the time of my departure is at hand. Listen to this. The time of my departure is at hand. He's talking about his exit, leaving, withdraw from this world and go home in glory to retreat or remove of. You know what I mean? Timothy must continue to do the work. Paul can do no more because he knows that he is destined to die soon at this point. That's what this rhetoric is all about. He's embracing what he knows is about to happen. And yet the priests of the Jews had to make sacrifices to God. They had to burn animals. But before they burned them, they had to pour some drink over them. The drink was part of the sacrifice. The priest pulled it out. Paul says that his life is like that drink. He is offering up his life to God. He's ready. He's ready to go home. And not only is he just ready, this brother has gone home. Or he will definitely be gone home because of the work he's done. But he's going to explain more as he goes to give his personal testimony. But we got to follow this now. Because in the end, when we know our end days is up, we should be excited about it. Why? Because this is not home, but there, heaven, is home for every believer. And so now we are pilgrims just passing through this land. Don't get lost in it and thinking you're here forever. Because just as sure my head is balled up top, we all going to go home one day. Those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And those that haven't, they're going home too, but it's going to be a different kind of home. 
And when we're talking about eternal life, we're not talking about living forever as much as we're talking about the quality of living forever. Christians is going to have a different quality of living forever than a Joe Blow that sent a man, a woman, boy, girl, a child, whatever. They're not going to be so simple for them. And this is why we press so hard because we know in the end, is the end. You don't get a chance to make correction, to change, to do it over. Now is the time, even while it's called today. He is in prison in Rome and knows that he will never be free again. He says that the time has come for his departure is at hand. The word that Paul used has an idea of success in it, not failure. The word that he used, we could translate as departure. I'm just going home and glow. You know, when we fly to go to another state, we say our plane is going to depart at this time because we got a destination and we are excited. I know I am when I'm in the airport knowing I'm going to a new destination, especially one that I love. You can know heaven is going to be one that I love. So therefore, it becomes exciting, that plane ride, that trip, getting on there. And you know, you're going uh, to the Bahamas, you're going to Hawaii, you're going over, or wherever you're going. You know what I mean? And so this is what he's talking about. But it, it has the idea of success and setting, being set free. To Paul, death would not be uh, him free from uh, this life and entering to a better life. That's what it would mean to him. For to be absent from the body, Paul said, is to be present with the Lord. And you got to know at the end of the day that that's better. All of us, if we got to go home in glory, if we got to die, isn't it better? Isn't it more refreshing? Isn't it more pleasing to know that you're going home to be with the Lord, your God, my God? So Paul say in verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Three things he said. I have fought a good fight. The word fought means to wrestle, to struggle or battle. Paul had battles that he struggled with and that he had to wrestle with in this life. Because he was an apostle and a man of God doesn't necessarily mean that his life was going to be peaches, cake, and ice cream. It doesn't mean he was going to be able to uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead easily. There have been many troubles in the life of Paul. Then he goes on to say he not only fought, but he fought a good fight. Good means that which is vigorous or valuable, noteworthy, respectable, and downright decent. Paul is saying this is the refreshing that he presented to the kingdom of God uh, uh, on basics of being faithful to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have fought 
a good fight. And the word fight refers to the one coming out on top. That's what he mean. I fought a good fight. I didn't get beat down. I, I've been through storms. I've been through troubles. But none of it beat me down. I, 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 it refers to coming out on top, being victorious and successful. Paul, when he said, I have fought a good fight, he's talking about, I had done everything I needed to do with levels of satisfaction, levels of validation from God. Listen to this. He said, I finished my course. To complete, to finish means to complete, finalize, uh, uh, in, in, put to an end. Whatever it is that God needed them to do, Paul said, I finished, I finalized it, you know what I mean? And now I'm at the end of my journey. And my journey is my course. The course refers to one's destiny, purpose, or path that they've been called to endure. For Paul, or uh, his course, he, he said, I've been diligent at my destiny, my purpose, and path. I've done the work that God ordained me to do. I've completed my homework assignment. Now I get an A and I get to go home. And listen what he said, finish my course. I kept the faith. The word kept means preserved retain to keep in check. I kept my faith in check. I never got to the place where I allow myself to be full of myself. Paul said it had always been about him and it's never been about me. I've always seek to do the will of God. I kept the faith. The faith simply means believing uh, to have conviction of or confidence in or assurance of. Paul say, all of this I have done, all of this, I've always believed in the faith. I've always been connected or uh, 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 convicted about the faith, confidence in the faith with full assurance of the faith. And so, in commentary, Paul says, Paul have told Timothy that as he trusts in Jesus Christ. This struggle is for God in the gospel. That is why he calls it a good struggle or fight. Paul looks back on his own life and he can say with the same satisfaction that he fought well by fighting a good fight. For he, for him, the struggle it's now over. Life is like the race that those who complete had to run. They have to work hard to run the distance and reaching out to the end of the race. Paul says he has finished the course. The race for Paul is over. The race was the work that the Lord has given him to do. He has completed that task, that task. My task, I'm still here. I still got a minute to go. I, I'm still gonna be here a while. 
your test. We don't know. You're still here. But as long as blood is running warm in your bed, you need to be doing the service that God has called you to and being faithful with that service. Yes. 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 Life is like a race that those who complete has to run. No doubt the Apostle Paul had kept the faith. He trusted in Christ. It never, his trust in Christ never failed him. He believed in Christ to the very end, even death. God had trusted Paul also with the truth, and he had kept it. The Apostle Paul has been loyal to the Lord and the, his God and Father, you know, uh, and as it relates to the gospel of Christ. He's been faithful. So in verse 8, he gives this last little hurrah. Henceforth, he said, there is laid up for me. <laughs> this guy speaks with confidence. It's laid up for me a crown. <laughs> a crown. Uh, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord my righteous judge, he, he takes it personal, shall give me on that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearance. He's not selfish. He's not selfish at all. He shares that glory. Listen to what he said. Henceforth, which simply means hereafter or for now on. So he said, Oh, I'm telling you what I'm telling you now because there's something about to take place and I'm about to get out of here, guys. Don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed my time. I had plenty of fun at this time doing being about my father's business. But Paul is saying, at the finish line, I'm glad it's over. I'm so ready to go home. Henceforth, from here on and from now on, I'm going to be absent in the body, but present with my Lord. He said, and there's uh, uh, not only henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Laid up for me refers to that term uh, refers to what God has for him because of what he has and how he has served the kingdom. Isn't it nice to be able to have that confidence that you're going home to glory? Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't always feel like the Apostle Paul. But my hope is that my confidence heightens so that I know when I'm ready and time is up, the jig is up for me with this life, I want to have the full assurance that I done got over. I want to sing that song so glad. Done got over, done got over at last. Paul said that what has been reserved for me is a seat in the kingdom. And then he goes on 
He's talking about a crown of righteousness. A crown. He's talking about the crown was some form of a trophy, a prize, an award that he was honored with and, and, and paid tribute to that offered him esteem and praise for the work he has done. Paul said, this is the kind of crown. This is the kind of adoration. This is the kind of satisfaction that God brings for those who are faithful, even in the midst of the stone. He brings this kind of trophy of righteousness. The word righteousness is talking about decency, uh, dignity, self-respect, more uh, mortality and integrity. Paul said, I have been righteous. I've kept the decency of the faith, the, uh, the dignity of the faith, the self-respect within the faith, the mortality of how I should live out in faith, and the integrity that even when nobody was looking, I was doing the same thing. <laughs> you know, even when there was nobody around, I was doing the work of God. I was doing, when nobody saw me, I was living it up to his will. What about you? That's what I want to do. What about you? Live it up to his will. He said, uh, uh, the righteous judge, judge, talking about Jesus Christ, he, he knows this judge here. It's not like a kangaroo coat that you're being rushed through. He said, but this, this judge here is what we call magistrate or adjudicator or, 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 or mediator, for instance, negotiator in a representation of somebody that's going to represent me as a lawyer does inside the court. But I don't have any kind of lawyer. I don't have a court appointed lawyer. I have the best lawyer in the whole world, in all humanity. There has never been a lawyer greater than He's talking about none other than Jesus Christ that will vouch for him and his faithfulness. And the Father knows. You understand? But Jesus Christ is his lawyer, and he will vouch for him. What about you, guys? What about you? Do you want him to vouch for you? Do you want Jesus to stand up as he did for uh, Stephen when he was getting stoned to death. He said, I see the Son of God standing at the right hand of the Father. Everywhere through the scriptures, we see Jesus sitting. Now, all of a sudden, Stephen is dying, and he sees him standing up. What do you think he's standing for? I believe with all my heart. He's cheering for this faithful guy, praying for a people that's throwing stones at him. They're killing him. And even while getting in the head with those stones, he's praying for them. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? The judge knows all what Stephen done. And that's why he stands in pride, saying, look at it, Father. You see what he's doing? He's praying for the ones who's throwing stones to kill him. Who does that other than God? Somebody that wants to walk or live like God did when he was here on earth. He mimics, he copies the life of Jesus. 
even in the point of death. What about you? How close will you walk to God? Will you call him friend? But better yet, will he call you friend? It's one thing to call Jesus to be your friend, but it's a horse of another call when Jesus didn't call you friend. This is what Paul is talking about here. And not only say the judge shall, shall denotes that which is future perfect. It will happen. It's destiny at its best. Yeah, the Paul is not absent. Oh, he's not ambivalent about it. He's not uncertain. He's downright solid about his stance with God. It shall. He said, not only me, he's going to give me this. Not for me only, but for all those. That's you and I. Yeah, all those that will love affectionately love, tenderly love, warmly love, compassionately love, thoughtfully love. The appearance of Christ, meaning looking forward to him coming back to get, knows what he's coming back for, his church, the body, his body. The believer that loves his appearance, it's not afraid of it because to be fearful of Jesus coming is to be guilty of knowing you have not stepped up to the plate. So here he said that showing his appearance, showing up, manifesting, displaying, exhibiting, or demonstrating. In other words, that love his appearance when God shows up, manifests and display, exhibit. Not only himself, but what he brings and do by demonstration of what, how he lives. Here we go. The Apostle Paul said, not only for me, all because I fought a good fight. Here's commentary of that verse. Paul has spoken about his life as if it was a race. He has reigned that race and the prize is waiting for him. He knows this. In those times, the man who won the race had a crown of leaves. Paul had finished his race, so all that reminded was for him is to receive his reward. Notwithstanding, this crown is not a crown of leaves but a crown of righteousness. Called by the hand of God himself for the man that's been so faithful. The Lord had prepared the crown for the apostle Paul. He had worked hard to achieve all that the Lord asked of him. The crown is a reward for those who are faithful and righteous to God. Notwithstanding, Paul would not claim that he was righteous by himself. The good news 
is that Jesus Christ is righteous. It, it is he who gives that righteousness to all who trust in him. He gives it to Paul. There will be a day when the Lord will come again. He will be the judge of all that mankind has done and live. He will then give that crown as a reward to Paul. Notwithstanding, this promise not just for Paul, but for all who love Christ. It is for all those who are waiting for his appearing. They too will receive this crown and become like the Lord Jesus and be forever perfect. Perfect at home in the kingdom. Living under the rulership of Jesus that lives under the rulership of the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's for us we too must be encouraged to fight a good fight. Can't live in this world as a Christian believing that you don't have a fight. Your fight is not with flesh and blood. Your fight is with principalities and powers that can intimidate, that can motivate flesh and blood. You got to get to the root of the problem. Stopping that flesh and blood is not the root. The root would be the enemy. The same one that Jesus faced. And uh, he had no victory over him. It's the devil that we fight against. Not each other. But we fight against him. And because we fight for Christ, we fight to win. Why? Because we have our big brother backing us. We have his full assurance that he is with us. And if he be for us, who could be against us? So we have the blessed promise. Even though we receive it. By faith for right now, but in time, in absolute. Guys, it's been a pleasure preaching. It's been a pleasure. I just want to share, close out with a song, No Greater Love. Would you guys just let us sing this song for you? Would you play it for you? Around our neck and 
Went across the deep blue sea, couldn't find one to come down. Take the dark and grace your mercy. Nobody greater, nobody greater. Yeah. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high. Still couldn't find nobody, nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than me. Listen, nobody can heal like you can, almost holy one, you are the greater, yeah. Awesome in all your way, and mighty is your hand. You are you carry out redemption plan. You are you carry out redemption plan. Since all over, couldn't find nobody. I look high and low. Still couldn't find nobody, nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Can I say it again? I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, yeah. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Yeah, Lord. Nobody, nobody greater, yeah. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Yeah, Lord, yeah. Nobody greater, yeah. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody greater, yeah. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. I tried the ballrooms, I tried everything. Nobody greater, yeah. Nobody greater. Nobody Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Nobody greater. Yeah. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Yeah, Lord. Nobody, nobody. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Nobody greater than him. And isn't it wonderful that we, one day, could tell Apostle Paul to push over because our righteous judge has just judged that we've been faithful and we kept the faith by fighting a good fight.
bow your heads with me as we close out in prayer. Amen. 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 We want to thank God for each of you. We want to thank God for all that you mean to us, all that you've been doing, and especially showing up week after week. And we want you to remember that ministry needs help. So if you don't mind, do the right thing. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, will you not be a blessing back? God sits high, but he looks low. Do the right thing. And in doing so, you're still fighting a good fight. Why? Because you're keeping the faith. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for who you are and what you are and what you mean to us. We thank you, God, for loving us so much, caring about us. God, even when we didn't care about ourselves, you loved us. You cared about us. When we didn't know where to turn or who to turn to, you was always there, guiding us, instructing us, leading even being with us in the midst of our storms, our troubles, our heartaches, our pain. You know what we feel because you've been there, done that, and you're a judge that knows where we are, what we truly occupy in our hearts. God, may we be found as you found the Apostle Paul righteous, that in the end we be declared as being righteousness, the righteousness of you, Father, and who you are, not only for me, but for all those that will believe and receive and yield and surrender for their courts by keeping the faith through the promotion of fighting just a good fight for kingdom matters we thank you in the blessed and wonderful name of Jesus we pray and as we say amen amen and amen God bless you and God keep each of you. Till the next time. See you.